Hello, Blackhawks fans. Welcome in. It is the Four Feathers post game show. Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese discussing Blackhawks two to one overtime win. Tony, first foremost, victory beers always taste so much sweeter. Let's fucking crack them. Yes, they do, man. Yes, they do. Oh, that's a beautiful crack right there. I love it, Johnny. Oh, it, it tastes so good. I love, I love it here. It, it, like I said, we, we were talking about a Blackhawks two to one. The wins have been hard to come by here so far lately. Um, it, it has not been an easy go of things here down the home stretch for the Blackhawks, uh, getting dinged up and also just playing some tough opponents here. Obviously, third game in a row against Carolina Hurricanes, who were atop the NHL uh, record uh, coming into tonight here. So uh, a t- tough go of things here, but the Blackhawks do snap a, a six-game losing streak here tonight. So that is excellent to be on here talking about uh Blackhawks winner and having some victory beers with you, Tony. Uh, how are you feeling after that one? Feeling good, man. And, you know, it was, uh, it was rough. Uh, you know, watching this team get eliminated. And I think down the stretch, man, just overall feelings about it. You know, it sucks. It sucks every time your team either, you know, gets eliminated from the playoffs or uh, you're eliminated from playoff contention. There's just that lack of energy, that 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 lack of desire um, to, you know, be as invested as a fan. But, uh, you know, we've talked about a, a plenty of games here, Johnny, um, with the Hawks not in playoff contention or just through those rough stretches. These games are fun, though, because you get you get a little bit of a mix in there that you're not used to seeing. Um, the players play a little bit looser style of hockey. Um, and, you know, it might not be the uh, the same excitement level as a, as a playoff chaser, a Stanley Cup playoff game. But, damn, man, I, I'll take an overtime Blackhawks winner any day. If it matters, doesn't matter. It could be a preseason game. I don't give a fuck. Victory beers just taste sweeter, Johnny. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a valid point there. And I think you make another good point, too, about him playing a little bit looser, too. And, you know, obviously you're playing a tough opponent. So, like, Monday and Tuesday, it's like, okay, yeah, they were eliminated. But, you know, even if you're playing loose there or whatever and kind of free, you know, uh, kind of not that careless, but, you know, uh, not as much pressure on you, it, it can – we did some good things, but it obviously did not on Monday and Tuesday night. Uh, and luckily it wasn't a complete uh, sort of uh, terrible road trip to Carolina here. Uh, it was a nice salvage there. Um, and obviously a guy who has been extremely, uh, you know, bright spot for the Blackhawks this year so far, Alex to bring it, capping it off with the overtime winner. So uh, we're going to get into uh, a little bit of this game and some general topics of uh, Blackhawks land here. But before we do, make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all Chicago sports literature podcasting needs. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at four feathers pod and at ontap sportsnet. So Tony, like I mentioned, uh, this is a 2-1 Blackhawks win tonight in overtime, so th- that's excellent. But there were multiple storylines going on in this one here, and one of them was hobbling to the finish line because when you're, you know, the Blackhawks trailed this game for, for most of it throughout. Uh, you know, 1-0, granted it was only one goal game, so they were still within reach, but still, uh, it just is a little bit demoralizing. You're like, oh, man, the Canes are really good. They could add one on at any time, all of that. And the Blackhawks also had a couple guys go down, and that would be Duncan Keith after the first period, uh, Connolly after the second period, uh, both exited the game and both have concussions confirmed by Jeremy Colladin. Uh, Tony, this to me felt like, uh, oh man, are we even going to like have enough? You know, I know they do with Rockford and whatnot, but like, are you going to have enough bodies to field this team going forward here, even down to the last two games of the stretch? I mean, Johnny, it's almost, uh, it's almost the space jam, uh, bench there against the Monstars. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's on life support. It's the end of a hockey season, though, Johnny. And, and you know as well as I do that, you know, these guys have been battling shit probably 
for the last two, three months, if not longer, um, and things start to accumulate. And then you see these, these head injuries that start to rack up at the end of the year. Like there's already a ton of fucking miles on a Duncan Keith for this year. Uh, you don't want to see him go out uh, with a concussion to end his season uh, by any means. But at, at the same rate, Johnny, like he probably could have been shut down for the rest of the year. I know Duncan Keats a fucking warrior and he's not going to let that happen um, at this point. But, you know, if he if he went to Colleton before today's game and said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done right now. I'm, just, I'm not playing today. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to argue with, with Duncan Keith sitting a few of them out. It's unfortunate that it happens this way. Um, and I saw a bunch of shit too on Twitter uh, when that went down. Will we ever see Duncan Keith play in another uh, meaningful hockey game again? And, and you know, the, he is getting up there in age, Johnny, but I'm still not too worried that we're uh, not going to get another productive year out of Duncan Keith next year. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just sucks down the stretch here. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, it, it, I don't think anybody would have questioned it if he would have done that and went to Colin and said, I don't want to play anymore or whatever, uh, rest of the body. And, you know, these games are meaningless. They are uh, standings wise here, uh, but for a little bit of pride here for the Blackhawks and, you know, he, he is committed to that. So um, I will, you know, commend his efforts and being in there, being a mainstay and a veteran presence for a lot of the young guys uh, on the back end. Speaking of young guys on the back end guy making his NHL debut tonight, the Blackhawks have been so many NHL debuts so far this season. Most games played by rookies so far in the 2021 NHL season. Uh, but that was Alec Regula making the debut tonight. He is a big guy. Uh, he, you know, his uh, clock's in over 200 pounds. I believe he's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, up in that range. Uh, big guy. Him and Zadorov, that pairing, uh, they, they were out there together. At least that's how, the, that's how it started. That, that is a big pairing. So we'll get to a little bit more of Alec Regula um, in this one. But another one that we need to touch on here is Colin Dahlia uh, getting a second consecutive start, obviously. Uh, Tuesday night, or yeah, that was Tuesday night, did not go. Uh, the way that they planned uh, for him, but he did look good in the relief uh, on Monday night. Granted, it might have been a little garbage time, but still stopped, I think, 19 shots then. So uh, good to see him back in net. And I think it kind of begs the question, Tony, uh, should the Blackhawks have gone to Calendalia earlier here? You know, maybe they could have, Johnny, and that's uh, – you wrote it down perfect, man. Hindsight might be twenty twenty on this one. Uh, I thought he was going to be the starting goaltender throughout most of the season going into it. I think that that's something that uh, we all thought uh, was that he was going to be in the starter's net and that uh, Subban would be backing him up and that Kevin Lankinen would really have to stake his claim uh, at some point in order to take over that net. And, you know, Kevin Lankinen came out, and this is – give credit where credit's due – um, came out and did that real early um, after some pretty crappy performances uh, from both Subban and Delia to start the year. Um, and you started to ride that hot hand, Johnny, because the Hawks, if we look back, um, they put themselves in a contention position when we really didn't like really expect that. And so if you're Jeremy Carlton, um, I'll, I'll say that I probably would have done the same thing and continued to try and ride Kevin Lincoln in as far as I could into this year, because I think we've seen it. He's got some, some number one NHL goaltender stuff when he's on, and then he looks pretty much mediocre um, throughout some of these other stretches. Uh, but he, you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle here. And up until uh, technically the last game the Blackhawks played, they were in the playoff race. Uh, so you continue to do that. And a guy like Colin Delia kind of falls to the wayside there. I think the only thing that would have really supplanted uh, the goalie tandem that we saw uh, from Jeremy Carlton and played on the Blackhawks this year would have been an injury. 
um, and the opportunity for Delia to step up and, and grab that net for a game or two and put on a solid performance. It's really hard, I think, at least from where I sit, for an NHL coach to make that goalie switch and say, hey, we're going to try something out here You know, in February or, or January even. Uh, we're going to try something out here with uh, – you know, rotating through three guys, not letting somebody have the the lion's share of those starts to really get comfortable in net. Um, maybe Delia was going to be that guy had he getting getting the opportunity to do that. Um, but I don't really blame uh, the moves here. I think we were all excited to watch Kevin Lankinen through his rookie year. It was a good storyline for the team. I think it was a huge confidence booster for him and something to learn from. Uh, the same argument could be made if if Colin got those starts, but man, it's just it's hard to go and, and shuffle things up like that with as many interchanging pieces as the Hawks had this year. It, it, 20, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think that's the best way that I can encapsulate the whole thing. And then other than that, it, it's every game was subjective there. It was what's the situation here with, granted, who played last? And then also, what's the playoff position here? Because you saw them going to Lincoln and on, it might not have been back-to-back, but three in a row uh, for some of these games here. Uh, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, Lincoln would be starting and it'd be, you know, a day off in between that one and they'd play the second game of that series and the next series would start another day after that. And they would go back to Lincoln again and they would just, you know, try to ride the hot hand uh, when they had it. So I, I can't really, you know, blame it too much. And I think it's just you were chasing a playoff spot for so long yep. and you wanted to put yourself in the best spot. And obviously Lincoln kind of took it over early on. So it's hard to go away. Uh, from someone like that. But uh, yeah, it, number one next season, in the opinion of us, thanks Ron Luce, fellow panelists, for the uh, question here. Uh, it, I'd still go with Kevin Lankinen right now. He just showed the most high-level shit, Tony. I'm right there with you, Johnny. And unless that they make some sort of acquisition, which I don't think that they will this offseason, uh, for a true number one goalie, um, it's Lankinen for me. I'd probably call him daily backing him up um, if I had my if I had my pick here of those three. Yeah, and, you know, you, you got to, like, take it into consideration, too. Malcolm Subban's still under contract for next year, too. So they accepted him. It was a two-year. So it will be interesting to see how it plays out. But they think they will have a nor- more normal training camp. So I think, hopefully, some of that can get sorted out during that. But we just want to touch on the goalie here because that was uh, Colin Dahlia back in net here tonight. First win of the season for him, though, so that has to feel good. He is one of the happiest people on the planet. You just see his facial expression. He's got a great big yes, smile, is. the eyes clench up. You, you know how he looks, and I put Dude, that I, I, I the still mood. go back. Yeah. I still go back to the, the mood <laughs> meme that, that, yeah. that you had, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's exactly what Colin Daly is, the kind of person that he is. So um, other than that, we had another first here. Uh, eighth Blackhawks rookie to score his first NHL goal this season, and that was Riley Stillman tonight, newly acquired defenseman from the Florida Panthers here. Uh, obviously, he had been locked up to a three-year extension uh, earlier, uh, not too long after being acquired, actually. But uh, he's been in for a decent amount of time here, decent chunk ever since the trade deadline, and uh, good to see him get rewarded. Uh, we'll get to how these goals are scored here, um, but just running down the kind of general themes to bring at rescue comes once again in overtime for that game winning goal. Yes, um, let's take it back though. One of the things we talked about earlier was the Duncan Keith injury, and this would be the play that Carolina scored on, scored their lone goal on. And it was midway through the first period, Tony. Uh, and it was a penalty actually uh, on Tavo Teravine. So the Blackhawks are on the power play. Duncan Keith trying to keep one in a, along the left point uh, evades him a little bit. So he has to go and circle back through the neutral zone to go and get it. And when he does uh, along the boards there, 
the linesman's knee meets his helmet right there. Uh, Marty Natchez picks up the puck, goes the other way. Uh, 2-0 beats Dahlia, uh, and that put the Canes up. But unfortunate, Duncan Keith would stay, and I think he would take at least another shift or two after this uh, in the first period, and then they would rule him out after that. But that's just a tough break, man. Th- that's puck luck not going your way. Like, fuck, that- that's when the lineman- linesman hits you. Like, that's not even the other team. Yeah, no, there's nothing you can do about that either. I mean, he tried to get out of the way. And, uh, dude, you just saw the head snap back here. And you feel so bad when something like that happens because, you, like, who do you get mad at? Do you get mad at the linesman for being in basically the position that he's somewhat supposed to be in, Johnny? Like, he's along the boards right there where he's supposed to be. Uh, it's just unfortunate the puck rolls that way. And, uh, yeah, dude, needed the basically the face there. Um, yeah. Not fun. Not fun. Not fun at all. Yeah, and knee right to the, I mean, it was right above. Luckily, you know, I mean, either, you know, Verona get hit in the head, but, you know, it did hit the helmet. So, I mean, obviously, there's still a concussion oh, could have been, that, that results from it, but Duncan Keith could have been losing some chops like he did back in 2010 here, if that's not, a little bit Not lower. in a cool and tough way either, Johnny. Like, no, no, no. no that's, not blo- that's not blocking shots, uh, yeah. you know, getting that uh, the, those uh, chicklets knocked out. So, um, that was the Carolina goal, uh, the lone goal in this game. Uh, and then, you know, as we kind of roll through this one, uh, the Blackhawks are chasing this one, one Oh, like I said, still attainable big props to Colin Daly. I think throughout we need to give Tony multiple instances of both, uh, odd man rushes. There was a great three on two chance for Carolina that he made a big stop. And I love the Dahlia with it, with the sunglasses coming down, uh, over the eyes. Uh, that's a great meme. Uh, but just, uh, I think Colin Dahlia really, uh, showed that he can be in this mix here after not getting an opportunity all season. I think that was the biggest takeaway from the middle of the game, uh, for what kept the Blackhawks in it. Yeah, Johnny, I, I actually agree with you there. And I think that that's why we just spent some time talking about, you know, who's going to be in this goalie mix next year. Um, it, it's really interesting because you've got, You've got Subban for the one more year, and I think that you know he's he's a fine backup guy uh, on a mediocre team to you know a playoff contending team. I'm not going to say he's a championship piece by any means, but what do you really have in in Delia and Lykanen, and how do you determine which one of those guys you're going to invest your future in, and is it one of those guys even that's going to be around when this team becomes competitive? So you got to look at you know what what's coming up in free agency two years from now? Um, and, and do you want to put your future into one of these guys? And how do you determine that when you've got another, you know, NHL caliber kind of backup guy who, who can carry you? We've had the Subban games. We, I called the Subban game, Johnny. Yep. I, I, I told you it was going to happen. Of them. Yep. There was going to be times where he was, you know, uh, looking like he could, you know, catch fire and, and that Carlton was going to ride the hot hand with Subban. So, what really sucks right now, I think, at least for me as a Blackhawks fan, it's like, which one of these guys do you want to put your energy into as a fan and support and, you know, get on board with this guy? And which which one is the team going to choose? And at the same time, you might still have crap. You might have bottom tier fucking, uh, you know, number one goaltender shit right there, and it's not going to get the job done, and you're going to have to adjust down the line. So there's a lot of work I- to do. 
I, I got a goalie theory here, Tony, a goalie theory for, and Jeremy Calden's going to have to be able to play into this and also read these guys very, very well. Uh, and I hope a, a off season of, you know, kind of the, the training, obviously the full training camp process uh, and some of the other things that they do throughout the off season and workouts and whatnot uh, help this. And Jimmy Waite will be a big part of it, communicating with him. But these guys are both streaky. Think about Kevin Lankin and how his name came to be around, known around the NHL yes. early on. Uh, and he, just because he wrote a hot streak from mm-hmm. like, what was that mid, early mid February through the end to early March? Uh, that, that was really Kevin Lankin's kind of hot streak for this season. Colin Daly has hot streaks both at the NHL level, think back to a couple of years ago when he came up and played outstanding, like, you know, what it was like one goal in the Colorado Avalanche, still an elite offense at that time. You know, we obviously a little more firepower now, but they were still good then. Uh, and then also during Rockford's season last year, Kevin Lankinen started out and he was the hot guy and he was the AHL all-star. And then he completely faltered off, fell off a cliff and Colin Daly finished the year strong for Rockford. So Jeremy Colladin, I need you to read the hot streaks and play them accordingly. That's my goalie theory for next year. Tony, you like that? It's, it's only crazy if it doesn't work. I mean, he, he, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put some money in, into the Blackhawks GoFundMe for the new head coach. I'm putting you in there because you are like Nostradani still. And I can, <laughs> I can see you getting the stats all put together here. And I think what you're trying to insinuate is Kevin Lankinen's coming out the gate and somewhere along the line, uh, you, you switch that over um, and, and ride those streaks and those stats. That's, is that, is that what I'm hearing from you? Yeah. 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 I mean, you're going to have to, because these guys are young. They're not proven. We've been blessed for so long with Corey Crawford. Think about it. And, yeah. and that was just the, uh, like a model of consistency. Like you're going to get Crawford like, st- Johnny's Corey Crawford still had his backups that were able to. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, not, Emery I, I'm not, I'm not taking that away, but just what you've been used to as a Blackhawks team. And I know it's different with, with the coaching change recently and Crow only being there uh, for the very beginning of Jeremy Collins term and him only seeing a little bit of that. And obviously they had the little gifted playoff run uh, at the end of last year. But uh, just looking at these guys and from following them in the minors and then, you know, uh, another uh, point to Lankanen's hot stretches. Hey, when when he led that Finland team in an IHF world run, like uh, he was unstoppable. He he was unbelievable. Like what? 940 plus uh, save percentage in that. So um, yeah, that's the, that's kind of route that I would take. And it's going to be a, uh, or one of our baseball terms platoon. And that's just what it's going to have to be. Uh, that's what I would uh, kind of, uh, is, you know, is that what implement. you want? Is that what you want? No, but do you want to win yeah. hockey games? That's, and that's gotta be Jeremy Calden's goal because everybody's going to be calling for his head. If he doesn't win hockey games. So you, I'm giving uh, Jeremy Calden. I hope you're tuning in here so you can get the keys to success here and you know, figure out the stats. Like I said, team up with Jimmy Waite, get it all figured out, ride the hot hand, play the platoon. Uh, that's what you're going to have to do until these guys get a little bit more established. So uh, let's let's leave that because this is we were still in the middle of the game here. And we were just talking about Colin Daly, some of those excellent saves. Uh, we, had, we had a nice comment earlier uh, from Mildish Branzino. Uh, post-to-post save on Nino was top-notch. Yes, absolutely. That is just a kind of a, you know, a flash of what, Colin Daly is able to do here and he shows it. And, uh, you know, early in the season, granted, the Hawks were still figuring things out. He wasn't making some of those saves uh, on those types of pucks. But tonight, uh, definitely uh, playing with something to prove and did that there. So this is what kept the Hawks within one all game. And then eventually we get down to just under three minutes left, Tony. And my guy who I'd said uh, just to be uh, kind of an outlier 
Pia Suter, my Blackhawks rookie of the year. Uh, he he get, corrals a puck on a really nice kind of uh, ring around uh, play. So the defenseman is low. Suter's a support man high from the left point. Fires that shot through. Stillman is kind of cutting across through traffic, barely gets a stick on it, uh, but it, he is the one that ends up deflecting it, goes past, and this is a tie game uh, with about 253-ish left on the clock here. And the Blackhawks have some momentum going into the final minutes of the game, Tony. Momentum's a wonderful thing, Johnny. I fucking love momentum. I love when we have the momentum. I hate when the other team has the momentum. Talk about weathering the storm, teams being down late. In games that mattered, this is this is the type of effort that you want to see late in the hockey game, Johnny. I think we would we're clamoring for this down the stretch over and over and over again. And I want to go back to something that I started uh, talking about earlier on uh, in the show is the team plays a little bit looser. So the, while you still want to come back and win a hockey game, Johnny, you're not pressing as hard in these situations because it's a little more casual. You might not have the um, the you know first or second line out on the ice in the critical minutes. It might be your third line guys getting some opportunities up there in those situations. And you know, I, I just I really feel like when you play that looser style, it's almost like rat hockey for these guys where they're out there trying some stuff that it might not roll with in a uh, you know fucking game that you need to get into playoff position again uh, type shit. And it just works out because that's how life works all the time. And it, this was this was awesome to see for these guys. I love the uh, the suitor stuff. You would you would be a suitor guy. I was actually surprised that uh, you had some Brandon Hagel sla- uh, slander. It's not the, slander in, to Brandon Hagel. It was it's appreciation some, it for was, Pia Suter. It and it was literally just go against for, the grain because I think we can all consensusly say that Brandon Hagel is the Blackhawks rookie of the year. But to be the contrarian, I will say Pia Suter because there is some upside there that yeah, I you just project wanted, into the future. You so wanted some it. you wanted some uproar. That's yeah. what you wanted. You wanted yeah. some uproar and you got it because you got me riled up all day. I've been thinking <laughs> about that message since it since it crossed my phone screen. I'm like, I can't wait to talk to you about this one. Um, but no, I think he's had a good year. Uh, Suter has and Hagel has too. There's been a lot of rookies yeah. on this team uh, that have come and shown up. Eight. And that's one of the reasons why we had such a, a good time talking about this team on the show this year is because they kept themselves in contention with so many different question marks. And a lot of those were rookies and first time performers. And I mean, you've read off stats tonight about how many different, you know, first NHL goals this team has seen this year. Count them, count them. It, it's, yeah, I, get, it's I, need get, I need to get the count, you know, the count meme where he's holding up the little like number eight there. That's what I need to do. We'll get a yeah. Blackhawks jersey on the count. We'll get Schwartzy on that so we can get that. But yeah, that's eight different Blackhawks uh, that have scored uh, their first NHL goals uh, this year. So uh, th- that is exciting shit. And it just, you know, bodes well for the future. It might not, you know, we were talking about a little in the group chat today might still have a couple of rough years ahead of us because this is still going to be, you know, trying to figure it out. And obviously you're going to have a little more normal next year. I'd imagine you're branching out and playing a much more normal schedule uh, in 2021, 22, uh, not a 56-game short and where you're only playing your division. Uh, so, so things can get rough along the way there. But uh, to have these guys get some of this valuable experience, I think it's big here. So um, let's move on to the game-winning goal here. Uh, and it is a guy who has just had a magnificent season. Uh, scores his 29th in overtime. 
uh, assisted by Dominic Kubelik and White Kelly Nuck, another rookie there, Kelly Nuck. Uh, but it's Alex Dabrinkit, of course. Uh, you know, a little bit above the top left circle, uh, walks towards the slot, uh, kind of drags in between. I think that's Trocek's legs, uh, and just fires that nasty release wrister that he's got, uh, and he buries this one. Uh, you know, and this is a two-one Blackhawks winner, uh, and we're having victory beers because of it, Tony. Yes, we are, Johnny. And I love the season that we've had from Alex to it. It's been phenomenal. It's exactly what we wanted to see. It's been, I think, a little bit more than what I expected to see out of him. I really feel like he has been the offensive guy this year for the Blackhawks. And I'm not going to take away from Patrick Kane. I might go into a little bit of a, a meatball take here. But Patrick Kane, to me, was way too quiet down the stretch for mm-hmm. this team. Yeah, he started off the year great, and, and I'm not even I, gonna I'm not even gonna go in there and slander. Like the stats are still there, the assists are still there, but what I really wanted to see, if if there was a miracle story this year, it was Patrick Kane putting this fucking team on his back and carrying this team into the playoffs because he was the guy that had to do it. And, and maybe I'm not, I'm not mad at Patrick Kane. I think he's he's served enough for me as a Blackhawks fan to be happy. So I'm not going to sit here and say, like, this is the ride or die. Patrick Kane fucked us out of something. But if there was a guy that was going to come in and down the stretch, put this team on his back and be that leader to, you know, just put it over the top. And I'm talking multiple goals in multiple games in a row performances, which he's capable of doing. That didn't happen. And I think that's one of the reasons that this team didn't didn't make the playoffs, but Alex Debrinkit has been that guy who's shown up in overtime, at least lately. And, you know, you saw it again tonight. He's just had a great rebound season. I know there's a little bit to unpack there, Johnny. Yeah, uh, just on Patrick Kane real quick. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you that, you know, you kind of if there were to be like kind of a Cinderella story for the Blackhawks here, it would be Patrick Kane leading the charge there. And I agree a little quiet in, in terms of big time goals, big, you know, situation goals down the stretch. Uh, and I do just think tactically a, a reason for that is the Nashville trap. So I need to give credit to a team that I fucking hate the Nashville Predators. I, I fucking hate those mustard tigers. But uh, you saw how effectively they were able to shut down the Hawks all year. Hawks only getting one win out of eight meetings there. Uh, between the Predators this year. So uh, you, you just see how effective they were at doing that. And obviously, you know, it took the miracle on Madison to even notch that one uh, win against them. So that is part of what shut down Patrick Kane, especially in crunch time when everybody was really focused in. We're like, oh, my God, we're within four, we're within, you know, three of the Nashville Predators here, and we need to win these games to get back up. And then Nashville won that Monday night game. We had the miraculous comeback, but we still gave him a point because it was overtime in that Wednesday night game. Either way, in those games, it was not Patrick Kane being the guy uh, that was, you know, maybe, you know, he dished some assist here and there, obviously, because you saw it, like you mentioned, his totals being up there. Uh, but it was, um, you know, uh, them being able to shut it down. And they also keyed in on him. It made it a point of focus for them so uh, I think that is a reason for Patrick Kane's there but uh, it should not understate anything Alex Dabrinkit has done if anything it should uh, just show you how much more important Alex Dabrinkit is to this team not saying more important than Kane but how you know you, you thought he was you know a key piece before like he's going to score you a lot of goals uh, but he's beyond that he's starting to kill penalties he had a couple shorthanded chances uh, in the, he scored a shorthanded goal the other night he had one that very well could have scored if the puck didn't elude his stick uh, earlier in this game, and uh, it just went off the post then, that chance. Uh, so he's doing more than just being that sniper that we saw in his rookie season. So um, I think that kind of speaks to Alex Brinkett. And obviously the game winner here, we're feeling good. And this is the sweetest spoiler, Tony, because the Predator, excuse me, 
the Carolina Hurricanes, they do not want to get in a two or three seed because that would match them up against someone really tough in their division. They're trying to get that number one seed and get out of that shit and have home ice advantage throughout this thing. The Blackhawks just made their road, even if it's not, you know, it's still attainable for them. But even if it's just a little bit tougher, you know they're going to be sitting there and be like, God damn it, if we could have won that one game against the Blackhawks. We beat them the two times earlier in the week. Why couldn't we have done it today? Um, That's what they're thinking right now, and I love being that team that can play that spoiler right now since we can't be in it. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with your sentiment because, you know, in every playoff run that the Hawks have had or, you know, any of those seating positions, you know that, you know, this is one of those games. And it's fresh on the mind for, um, you know, a fan uh, to go back and point to losses like that um, and say, if we just could have had that one against the Blackhawks, that's great. But I also don't want to be that team. I equate that team to being the Kansas City Royals, Johnny. Um, in baseball, it's like, if I just had that one win against the Kansas city Royals, this would have been a lot better. And I don't want to be, you're thinking too too big picture for this post game show, Tony, you're getting too too depressing. We need to, we need to look at it, but you know, you need to bring it back and look at it in microscope. You broke me when you went to the record, the season record against the Nashville predators. That's where you broke me. If you've been watching this, I've been visibly upset since you mentioned that. And I'm like my leg is not has not stopped shaking since you said Nashville, because that's how much that team pisses me off, Johnny. It, I'm I, vis, I I just I hate them. I, I hate the the style of hockey. I hate the jerseys. I hate everything about that hockey team that plays in Nashville, Tennessee. And you you were very correct. Give credit where credit is due, but I still it just bothers me to my core. Uh, the Blackhawks should have just played better. That's where I go. They should have played better and they should have adjusted better uh, to that you know trap that they play. So I didn't mean to bring that up, but that was also just a reasoning uh, behind the Patrick Kane. Figured out. You had, like, what, nine, yeah. you had nine fucking eight, 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 yeah. eight, eight games against them. Yeah. And you couldn't figure it out after three. No. And, you know, they, they did take him to overtime in the first two, but then, you know, it, it took a while and they were straight up outright losses, uh, especially in one of those is a Kirby doc coming back. So whatever you can say, chemistry is thrown off there. We had extra firepower and it was another chance. You're still within striking distance to do it. So we don't, don't want to linger on that, though, Tony. Uh, I think Ron Luce had a great night that night. Though. Yeah, I, I think the, the that was the winner. That was he was the first star in the game. So he, was, he, he was the first star of that game. Uh, birthday boy Ron Luce on that uh, Nashville series back at the UC um, it was back at end of March or so. So um, uh, th- that's where we were at there. So uh, th- th- this, uh, you know, that closes out this game. Like we mentioned, the cat, the uh, bring cat rescue, uh, as we put out the, the gift or the, uh, you know, graphic that our guy Schwartz, made for us. Uh, Blackhawks snap a six game losing streak. Thanks to that. Uh, nice to have that coming back home. And uh, when they come back home, Fans it will be awaiting them uh, along with the Dallas Stars, uh, and that is Sunday night at 6 p.m., Monday night at 7 p.m. Um, Tony, since this was – I just need to, before we get into the, the final last two games preview here, um, I, I need to bid adieu, farewell to the greatest jersey in all sports, these whites, the road whites, Blackhawks, 
um, be on the shelf uh, until October, until this team takes the ice for the 2021-2022 season. Uh, so it's been a good run. You know me. I love this jersey. I love the look of it on the white, the the feathers, uh, the colors pop. Um, this is the last road game, so they will. It'll be nice to be back uh, home. They'll have some fans in front of them for the first time this year, home fans. Um, and uh, it's a weekend against the Dallas Stars, and we, we need to see what their situation is going to look like because they're kind of where the Blackhawks were couple weeks ago yep. uh, lingering right behind the preds like four points coming into today before any action happened and then uh, you get some games going on i would imagine that you know it's thursday night uh, i haven't looked at the schedule too much here but uh, i would imagine since that game isn't that first game against the stars isn't until sunday and then they play a back-to-back uh, monday being the second one the final game of the year for the blackhawks uh may may not be the final game of the year for the stars so it'll be a hungry stars team coming in um, but they also may be a little bit out of it too. So this may be a time for the Blackhawks just to, first of all, uh, get some more young talent on the ice. And then second of all, uh, cap it off with a couple wins in front of the home fans. Hey, you know, I, I always enjoy games against the Dallas Stars just because it's White Sox sales team. Like that, there's, there's no better Twitter interaction than getting to tell Sale that the Hawks beat the Dallas Stars. That's one of my favorite things on Twitter.com, Johnny. I'm just going to be honest with you. And he's a big supporter of On Tap Sportsnet, the Four yeah. Feathers podcast, as well as Socks on Tap. Uh, Johnny and I uh, are, are co-hosts over on Socks on Tap as well, and sells a big White Sox guy. And I, I like having that interaction with somebody else who, who plays in the division, um, who, who we share a fandom with, and that we can you know roast a little bit back and forth with in a friendly manner. So the game's at least going to mean something to me. You know, it's a meaningless game, but there's there's still bragging rights for this one. So I like it. Um, I, I think the Blackhawks can actually continue to play spoiler, Johnny, here. Just for the same sense of you're probably going to go with uh, Calendillion that again. He's, he's playing for a job, basically, at this point in time. And then you've got a bunch of guys who are going to get in there, some new fresh blood um, that's still trying to go out there and prove it. Um, in, in an NHL level competition. So I, I think that gives you a little bit of edge in these games because there's no pressure on you. All the pressures on individual performance and, and, and making a statement here, it, it just puts you in a, in a looser, well uh, rounded position to win games against teams who more or less need to win more than you do. Whoever yeah. wants it less gets it. Yeah. So uh, as I'm looking here, while, while you're talking, I pulled up the Dallas Stars schedule and um, they lost to Tampa Bay on Wednesday night, 6-2. Uh, They're at Tampa Bay once again tomorrow night, that being Friday, uh, May 7th here. So they have one more real tough game against a good team in the Tampa Bay Lightning before uh, they come to uh, Chicago to play the Blackhawks to close the season out, uh, regular season slate, that is. Um, and they are four points behind the Nashville Predators uh, as things currently stand. So they absolutely need to win. Uh, their next must-win game is Friday night against that, those Tampa Bay Lightning. And then if they do do that, they, you know, they will come out hungry, come out with a vengeance. But you got mad about about me talking about the Nashville Predators earlier in the season. I, I'm sorry for that, but it's just facts also because the Blackhawks should have played better. And that's just a fact. But the Blackhawks have had the Dallas Stars number this year, Tony. So we can go and flip the script here. There have been a couple. Dallas has notched a couple of wins, so it wasn't like a complete, like, oh, like, you know, like whatever, one, six, and whatever it was uh, yeah. for the Hawks against the Predators. But the Blackhawks have the upper hand here against Dallas Stars this year. I foresee that continuing a little bit here this weekend, no matter what the circumstances. 
Yeah, and I just like that. There, there's different storylines in every year, and this year we've we've beaten up on the Stars and we've lost to Nashville. If I could flip that, Johnny, I probably would. I'll take the beating from from Sale all day on on Twitter.com and and trade that for you know going eight zero against Nashville. Uh, that there's not a question uh, that's easier to answer for me. But you know, it, it it's going to be fun to watch this team just play a few more hockey games, no stress kick back a few beers. You don't have to be as invested as a fan. Enjoy it. Hopefully Patrick Kane puts on one more performance for you. You get to see Alex Debrinkit finish off a strong season. I'd like to see, you know, Dominic Kubelik just fucking crank it one more time Mm -hmm. just to satisfy that itch for summer. And we'll be back talking about this team in October, Johnny, and we're going to have that same level of investment and interest. And, you know, it's going to be a whole new season to worry about and deal with. So, you know, in, in a way, just enjoy these games is is what I'm trying to say here is enjoy them for just being hockey games. Enjoy a victory uh, if you get one. And if you can play spoiler, all the better. Victory yeah, dr- beers are still victory beers. Yeah, dr- drink victory beers. That's a four feathers pod. That's the biggest thing. Uh, tag us in them at four feathers pod and uh, hashtag crack them uh, with the on tap sports net crew. Uh, that's exactly what Tony and I are doing here uh, right now on this post game show uh, as we're recording this. So um, uh, like I mentioned, I gave the game times out 6 p.m. Uh, it's Sunday night uh, against the All-Stars. Monday night, it's a back to back 7 p.m. on that Monday game. Uh, NBC Sports Chicago is where you can find those uh, for the TV broadcast. If you're not in attendance, so fans will be back there. It'll be nice to have it. It'll be a little jump, uh, you know, only 25% yeah. capacity, but still, I wish they would have done it earlier in the season, but hey, I'll be back next year. Uh, Tony, you and I will be uh, frequenting the 300 level at the United Center once again uh, in yes. next year. So uh, it, either way, though, I think that, you know, the the players, you can tell in the post-game show and they asked them, uh, or post-game interviews and they asked them about it, uh, they are excited to get back in front of some fans. So that will be a little extra jump there. And especially for some of these rookies, talk about all these young guys. I said eight guys uh, have scored their first NHL goal with the Blackhawks so far this year, Tony. Um, a lot of these guys, this is going to be their first time playing in front of a crowd that is theirs because they've been playing yes. on the road, sure, in front of some crowds uh, ever since things started to trickle in uh, throughout some of their Central Division opponents uh, throughout the year. But some of these guys really getting some support. So uh, I can see that motivating uh, some of these guys. And I'll go into an early uh, stick to click here. Uh, and I you know, hope he's in the lineup for this. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Mike Hardman, a uh, big guy. Uh, he got to notch his first NHL goal on Tuesday night. Uh, he has a knack. You know, he's not the quickest guy in the world. But he has a knack for finding the areas, and that's that's what he does. He's got a big enough frame to kind of you know use his butt, shield some guys out, so I can see him getting a greasy goal uh, and going nuts uh, with the Chelsea Dagger crowd um, at the United Center. So I'll go with Mike Hardman, who's your stick to click. So Johnny, I'm I'm just going up and down this, and you talk about guys that haven't played in front of fans. Uh, their own fans and you know one of them that's that's coming back to me brandon hagel hasn't played in front of yeah black oh, they will love him love and him. and and they're gonna love him he was talking get... about it big time tonight yeah. yeah he's so right he's so right yeah i mean I, I think that that's the kind of guy that you know you get that energy behind and and once fans are there and you, they see the the hustle the extra uh step that he gets on guys i mean i'm just thinking you know you and i sitting in the 300 level um you watch a guy come over the line. Uh, Brandon Hagel is going to be one of those guys that's just exploding towards the net all the time, and people are going to be standing up and arching up and getting ready to see what's going to happen in front of the net because he just has that speed. And I think that uh, he's going to be an exciting guy. I am, however, going to shift this back to a guy that I know has missed his fans. Um, Patrick Kane, dude. 
I, yeah. I feel like when when the Blackhawks come back and there's a guy who's going to want to put on a show for everybody, that's your guy. It's Patrick Kane. So I, I think it's time for him to have a multiple goal performance, doing it in front of the fans for the first time back. It's the first time he doesn't have to flip a puck to Tommy Hawk. He can flip it to somebody else. Uh, you know, the, the, the routine hmm. has probably gotten old for him at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Patrick Kane is the guy that gets the job done. So what you're saying there is it's showtime on Sunday night. It's showtime. It's going to be the first showtime in Chicago. Theaters are back open. Let's go watch a movie. Yeah, I love it. So uh, that's all we got here for the Four Feathers postgame show. Once again, uh, Blackhawks defeat the Carolina Hurricanes in overtime, 2-1 to one here on Thursday, May 6th. That's what we just recapped. Looked ahead to the weekend series against the Dallas Stars. Uh, that will be Sunday night, uh, 7 p.m., or excuse me, 6 p.m. Central Time, and Monday night, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time start, both back at the United Center, back in front of fans. Uh so that's that's back to back. Uh, we will be back Monday night or Tuesday uh, with a show to kind of recap that series um, since they're, you know, quick turnaround time there. Uh, and we will do a greater season reflection uh, about a week out after that when we kind of collect ourselves and get um, all of our panelists together in our specialty areas. Can't wait for Blackhawks D Zone's return uh, to the mic. He'll yes. be breaking down all of the Blackhawks defensemen. I can't wait for that. But uh, that's what you can look forward to from the Four Feathers podcast uh, in terms of podcast form. But you can still find all of our content on social social media on Twitter and Instagram at four feathers pod and our main account for all Chicago sports uh, at on tap sports net. So uh, Tony, that's all I've got for this episode. It was fun to finally talk about a winner. Great to break a losing streak here. Yes. Uh, and uh, overtime winner, always a little more exhilarating from the cat here. So you got any final thoughts then we can sign off. Final thoughts, Johnny. Um, I, I hate to sound uh, sentimental, but it's been another fine year breaking down Black Fox games with you, with Ron, uh, with everybody else on Four Feathers Podcast. I know we've only got a few more of these left, so thank you to anybody who's still tuned into this and, and following along the ride uh, with us. I, I hope you've enjoyed many different uh, alcoholic beverages, crack them um, throughout these Blackhawks victories, miseries, losses, uh, and everything else along the way. Um, Johnny, let's keep doing it, man. And uh, it's going to be a, a, a nice little finish to this. Can't wait to break the uh, the full season recap down with you guys and uh, right on into this offseason and see what Stan does with this team. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, you know interesting offseason for sure. A lot of questions to uh, be answered here, uh, but we'll, we'll do our best to kind of dig into that and obviously have offseason coverage coming through, uh, performance reviews from this last year, looking ahead to uh, projections for next year, all of that good stuff. So make sure you're tuned in to ontapsportsnet.com for all of that. I, I echo your sentiments, Tony. been a fun year, uh, despite uh, you know coming up a little bit short here uh, in the playoff push, but same time for our expectations leading into the season uh i can say that i was pleasantly surprised with this blackhawks team so uh this isn't the last year from us we will talk about uh the final home series uh on a final episode uh post game episode of the four feathers podcast and then we'll have our whole 2021 season review um coming up so that's what you can look for from the four feathers podcast tony that's all i've got great talk about a hawks win with you absolutely i'm gonna go, I'm gonna go have some more of these victory beers because they're just tasting too sweet and that's it Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.